and welcome to the BSA Capital Tech and Transition Energy Podcast on Thursday, June the 8th, uh, on a beautiful sunny day. Phil, how are you? Well, feeling very sunny as usual, Andrew. Um, yeah, weather's <laughs> glorious. Sunny, I know. Actually, it is sunny. It's going to be sunny for ages. But my first recommendation to anybody listening to this podcast is that Channel 4 are actually running an incredible TV series that I watched quite a few years ago because it was, uh, I think it was on Sky or something, some American thing, uh, called Halt and Catch Fire. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, Phil. Uh, you can tell me in a minute. But it is a, first of all, it is a great TV series. There's four episodes, um, but it is absolutely compelling. Uh, but also it's a really, really good reminder of just how technology develops in the sort of 80s and 90s and the whole wild west sort of way that the pc came about the internet came about uh software security came about it's a brilliant program i'm probably gonna watch it again i, I really would recommend to everybody have you seen it phil uh, yeah, I have, Andrew. It is fantastic, and I'm old enough to be in the industry at that time when it was it was happening. It's magic. Yeah, really good. So you also know the meaning of halt and catch fire. Yeah, it's a computer term, isn't it? It is, yeah. Boot term, yeah, yeah. Basically, when your computer goes wrong and you have to shut the whole bloody thing off and reboot it. Uh, you have to hold and catch fire. But anyway, there is the recommendation today. Now, also, I'll tell you what, you know, on this podcast, we talk talk quite a lot about AI. And I find more and more, Phil, I don't know about you, that, you know, AI has been talked about everywhere. Rishi Sunak this week is in Washington trying to become, trying to persuade them the UK should become the sort of head of AI. Or something. I mean, I think he's off his rocker on that, to be honest with you. Uh, AI is really happening. I think some people are saying AI will be far bigger than climate change, that the computers will be running humans within 10 years. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but AI is going to be a massive game changer. From an investment point of view, you want to be exposed to it. It's not easy in the UK. There's really, As far as I'm aware, there's only really two ways that I'm playing it which is the Sanlam AI fund, which I've mentioned many a time before, and, of course, Superseed at the very early level. Um, so you may have other ideas, Phil, I don't know, but it's interesting how this, this topic is becoming more and more important. Yeah, it's, look, it's, you know, you talk about early sort of generation of technology development and what happens, and I, I remember meeting with Imagination Technology, and they were talking about multi-threading graphics processors, to process in parallel for, for PC games. And those it's that multi-threading, you know, that parallel processing technology and graphics processors, that is behind, you know, today's AI capabilities and those in the future. Of course, the major manufacturer of that, whose share price has been rocketing up, is NVIDIA uh, in the US, which will be in, you know, many, you know, uh, pension portfolios, I, I'm sure, that are exposed to US markets. Yeah, very exciting. Well, I, I know that the Sanlam AI fund AI fund has over five percent of Nvidia. Um, because yeah, that is the way to, a very good way of playing it. It's had a huge run though, so you know, whether yeah. you want to chase it or not is another question. Yeah, that's right. You have to be very careful on that. Anyway, look, uh it's actually been a a um a very quiet week. Uh it's interesting. I just had um chat with a, a fund manager I've known for about forty years, do I say? Uh, and we were just chatting about the state of the market. And it's interesting, you know, 
he said, are we in a bear market? And of course, actually, technically we're not um, because bear markets are on indices. But my God, we are. You know, this the liquidity in this market is horrific. And you do a placing, it goes to a discount. You know, that is a sign of a bear market. Um, and I've also been talking this week, funny enough. Actually, I'm going I'm to do this because I've been talking to my clients about this. IP Group. It's a conundrum for me. I'll be absolutely honest. I own it. I bought it at about 65p. It got to 140. I said, should I sell it? I didn't, stupidly. It's now down at about 55p or something stupid. Um, but I was saying to everyone, you know, is this a basket case security, uh, you know, equity? Because if you look at it, um, there's a lot of things wrong with it. I mean, 24 million GNA, which is for a 500 million market cap company, is that's 5%. It's ludicrous, but it's theoretically at a 50% discount. But is it at a 50% discount? Because it's got a load of stocks in there that are private that are probably worth bugger all to a jam top. And then the other thing that really annoyed me was that they they you look at it and they've been doing share buybacks. But if you think about it, if you're something like IP Group and you own a portfolio of companies, if you just do a share buyback, you're effectively buying in your portfolio companies. Well, their biggest portfolio company is Oxford Nanopore. So they've effectively been buying stock in Oxford Nanopore when everybody's been saying it's a sell. Why the hell were they doing that? Well, they should do. If you do a buyback as IP group, fine, buy back your stock. But for every share you buy back in IP, you should sell a share of Oxford Nanopore to hedge it out. And they haven't understood that. The board of IP group has been disastrous. And if you look at it, do you know what? It's been a quoted company now, Bill, for 20 years. It's supposed to be a leader in technology. 20 years. Think about it. 2003 to 2023. Technology has boomed. The share price in IP group has gone nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. And it tells you there's something wrong here. Now, my end result of all this analysis I did, I started looking at Molten Ventures. I also discovered it's a 50% discount to, to um, NAV. And uh, I also saw that it had a similar GNA overhead of about 24 million a year, similar sort of market cap. And my advice is the two of them should merge and become molten IP group. Um, but something needs to be done. You cannot have, you cannot be IP group 20 years in the technology space and give shareholders zero return. That is wrong. I own the stock. I'm sitting here thinking, should I carry on owning it? Uh, I actually know Greg, the CEO. He's a really nice guy sitting probably all by himself in an exceptionally flush, plush, rather not flush, plush uh, office in the new King's Cross development. Greg, maybe we should catch up again. Anyway, that's my thought. Thought of the day, so to speak. What do you think, Phil? Uh, well, yeah, well, you comment on the technology sector over the last 20 years uh, increasing in value is, is absolutely true. Um, and these a number of these technology funds are sat right now at a significant discount, but one would have expected over time them to have grown. So, yeah, fair comment. Yeah, I'll also uh, just mention, I'm not sure he's involved in that many tech companies. I'm a huge fan of Roger McDowell. I think he's one of the best non-execs. But I don't oh, even yeah. think he's one of the best. I think he is the best non-exec in the UK equity market. He's the chairman of a lot of companies. Sadly, I, I do know his daughter has been very unwell and he's taken a sabbatical from a lot of companies over the summer to, to look after her. First of all, I wish his daughter all the best. I really do. 
and I hope it all goes well. Roger is, you know, when I see a stock with Roger on the board, I buy it. He's that good. So a quick mention there. Not many. He's not really into tech particularly, but some of them drift into a bit of tech. Oh, yeah, no, that's uh, that's very thoughtful of you, Andrew. And you know, great, great uh, board members are hugely, hugely appreciated by all shareholders. Yeah. Anyway, there we go. Right, let's um, have a think about maybe what's gone in the on, gone on in the week. Uh, why don't you kick off, Phil? Well, uh, well, I will. Just quickly on the, the, the wider economy, which results out from first group, uh, FGP, so buses and trains, and uh, with air uh, today. And they seem to indicate all around passenger numbers numbers up. Um, in the case of um, first group, don't normally cover transport, but we do because, you know, tech's involved in the first group. One of our clients, Quipmake, is working with first group on the electric bus um, developments. So good to see some positive news from them. Along with air, of course, it's the wiser consumer market and, and air travel and aerospace is all important. Um, but one of the most exciting pieces of tech news this week, of course, was Apple. Um, and in launching its, um, you know, its augmented reality headset called the Vision Pro. Um, and it's um, costing three and a half thousand dollars. But I would advise all our listeners to go Go watch the demo video for this sort of VR AR headset. Um, it's absolutely astonishing. I've never seen anything like it where you are sat there with goggles and a massive screen just virtually appears in your front room in front of you, all sorts of video effects interacting with your PC. You can actually see people that come in the room, such the way that the technology works. Uh, absolutely fascinating. So uh, do, do have a look at that. I'll and, tell you uh, what, you've got me confused there. You started off in the limited travel sector with Miz yeah. and first. Where the hell that all came from, I don't know. That's I do get that first group and Equipmaker are close partners, which is important. Uh, as for the virtual reality headset, I've, I've done a few virtual reality headsets. I, I've got to say, I think this Apple product is probably a bit like the Apple Newton, if you remember that, yep. which was a great concept, but never really quite worked. But then, of course, from that came out the Apple phone. I think that headset will not work, um, but something will come from it. Ah, well, you have a look at the demo video. Uh, yeah, does it work commercially? We will see, especially at that price. But then what the technology does is is uh, is fascinating. Andrew, the link, as always, is a bit old. Consumer spend and transport tech is a very important space. So there. So well, if you want to talk transport tech, I tell you, as you know, I know quite a lot about the transport sector. Um, but the person who's got to spend probably, in my view, at least two billion pounds worth on their technology, and that is a lot of money, is British Airways or owner IAG. I'm a seller of IAG. Yes, their prices are sky high. They're too high. You can't afford them. Uh, it's become a luxury. Well, it's become a, a rich luxury just to travel economy class now with British Airways. Uh, their prices are ludicrous. They've got to come down. Um, but uh, their technology is so far behind, particularly those of the American Airlines. We always used to think that American and Delta and all these airlines were awful, United, awful to fly on. Take my word. They're better now than British Airways. Their technology is so good. Uh, British Airways is so far behind, it's embarrassing. Um, they need to spend literally billions and billions of pounds. Yes, they appear to be reporting good profits, but it's because they're not spending on the basic industry. Uh, you know what? You could easily see British Airways in, the, in, a, in a different market going straight into loss and you can see the share price halving 
that's me being totally dramatic. So I don't think it's actually going to happen. But I'm just saying there's a real problem out there that people haven't really realised. Anyway, back to tech and transitional energy, please. Right, absolutely. Uh, Midwich Group. M-I-D-W-M's. What a placing that was. It was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a company we have talked about before. Um, they are, a, a, well, describe themselves as a global specialist in audio and visual uh, equipment distribution. So kind of all those nice screens, audio products and speakers, and they resell brands like Sony Sharp Philips um, and, uh, you know, internationally. And they have made an acquisition and have raised uh, 50 million pounds announced today um, and I think the place was at four to five pence uh, the share price on screen when I looked earlier this morning was four five six p but um, clearly appetite and they're acquiring the share capital of SF marketing in uh, a Canadian based uh, value added AV distributor um, and they're buying that uh, for enterprise value of up to 44.3 million Canadian which is I think is 26.7 million sterling cash and debt free basis um and so and they're also you know they've got they've got extra money from that placing for other for other acquisitions as well but very well supported and good to see as you say you've mentioned it many a time and uh you've been right thank you very much andrew now and again <laughs> i do get it right anyway right moving on swiftly <laughs> idox uh, 300 million pound market cap company uh they had interims and this this one's been listed andrew for a long long time um, and their software goes into two sectors, public sector software and engineering information management. Um, and the, the engineering information management side of the software is used to, it's for engineering document management, designs, managing all of the documents in, in the flow of designs, um, but also to manage assets as well. Uh, and regular, they've got regulatory services in there, as well, you know, which is all important in, in, in engineering. But on the public side, uh, software for social care, special education needs and disabilities, that's SEND, uh, special education needs and disabilities, social care, electoral services, sexual health management, etc. So two strands of business reported its interims and have said that uh, revenues are growing by 8%. Uh, and EBITDA is up by 10% to um, 12.1 million pounds from 11 million pounds, but caught my eye was uh, the cash generation from the business alongside the sales growth. Uh, they've moved from a net debt position uh, back in April last year of 3.8 million to a cash position of 1.1 million. So it was kind of nice, uh, nice to see the growth in that. The order intake was up by 23% on last year to 52 million pounds. So that was a bit of a highlight. Saw this start of engineering business, the period, uh, and the cloud uh, products were up by 40% in the first half. So I thought that was all around pretty good going for them. Well, if you thought it was good, it obviously is good. Oh, there we are. Now here's, We trust you, Phil. Hey? We <laughs> trust you. Thank you very much. Now, here's one that I uh, actually uh, was involved in the IPO of. It's been a long time ago. Um, Oxford Metrics Group, OMG. Uh, I think OMG wants a ticket. It's a £137 million, uh, market cap, and it uh, does motion capture cameras and software. and these motion capture cameras basically track human movement and computerize it so that you can look at the movement in great detail. It forms a computer image, or you can manipulate those images. So, for instance, on Gladiator, they were involved in the development in the film Gladiator, where they had 
probably 50 people sat in the stands and motion capture technology was tracking the movements, recording them, computerizing them, and then sort of multiplying them out. So you saw multiple people and also images on the deck of, of humans moving around on the Titanic to make it look real. So it's motion capture software. It uh, sells into um, obviously hospitals for human movement, the film industry, uh, NASA is a client there's an MIT. Uh, and they've got 10,000 customers, 70 countries, including gaming companies, obviously, because you want to capture human movement, computerize that for games development. Uh, just reported their interims with the revenues up by 70%, uh, adjusted profits up from 0.3, uh, 70% to 21.3 million, um, adjusted profitable tax from 0.3 million up to 4 million, and net cash up from just under 20 million to 64 million, because I know it disposed, uh, did make a disposal of a, of a one of its businesses. So that's also helped the cash position, but um, it's fantastic to see the progress that this is still making and uh, and in that period as well. Very interesting stock, that OMG. Yes, it is. I love, I love all that cash. I don't think I'll put it onto our sales desk because it may turn from being a video to just a, a motionless picture. <laughs> don't tell the salesman I said that. Anyway, oh, moving swiftly whoa. on. Moving swiftly <laughs> on. <laughs> right. Um, House Go. Yes. Uh, ticker is GHH, market cap, £144 million. Um, again, it's been listed for quite some time, and they're a specialist in laser technology uh, and the manipulation of laser light. Um, and their tech is used in some of the most advanced technology uh, in the semiconductor industry, and that's in, in uh, deep, I think it's these deep U3P lithography to form semiconductor circuits, um, also using telecommunications uh, in aerospace, particularly avionics and defense, uh, and it has products in life sciences. So a nice spread of sectors, very advanced technology, um, and they've reported their interims, and they've said that uh, the revenues are up by 32% to 71. 3 million, but 21% oh no, of the constant currency basis. Very important to look at that. It's probably got quite a lot of sales into the States. Um, and I, what was intriguing for me was the first half of the year, they've seen strong growth of industrial lasers into the semiconductor markets and semiconductor equipment markets. So at this stage, in you know, we've had strong semiconductor sales, weakening semiconductor sales, some cuts in CapEx. They're actually doing well um, and uh, on their advanced advanced laser products. They also said that um, in the medical laser side of the business has gone really, really well because of demand for cosmetic procedures. Well, obviously, you and I have not been involved in that, Andrew, but anyway, they're seeing good growth in uh, in that side of the business. So um, that growth in sales saw their profits up 33% to £5 million from £3.9 million with strong order books. So good progress there for them. Gucci and House Go. Well done then. Uh, I see SSE have been naughty boys and find I think it was 9.8 million by Offgem. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I don't think it'll really, it's a, it's a drop in a teacup, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but they have. Tell you one, I said, do you look at the uh, the ITF? For those that don't know, it's an intention to float. Although I have to say, they did say it was an expected ITF. Uh, that expected word was put in there, i.e., they may well pull it. Of a company called CAB Payments this morning, um, which I found interesting mainly. You, you may find it interesting if you looked at it for other reasons, but I found it interesting because they're just about every bank in the city trying to get this away. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it was the great, the good, and the ugly on this one. Barclays, JP Morgan, STJ, Canical Genuity, Liberum, Peel Hunt, the list goes on. 
Um, and they still only expect it to happen. Uh, but I thought that was interesting. I, actually, I'll tell you what, I think it, I, I don't want to knock all these banks, but I don't think it's the best value business you can bring to the market at the moment. We're actually working with a not so dissimilar business out of Hong Kong, trying to do a private deal with them, uh, where the, the financials look significantly better. So I think they will struggle on that one personally. Oh. Yeah, no, I saw that I saw that one come out this morning. We'll see how that goes. I mean, like um just uh, there were a few more results out, Andrew, and I'll just canter through these. Um one that we've covered previously is RWS Holdings. The ticket is RWS, uh, 885 million market cap. Um, and they uh, this this company acquired SDL um, software um, and language translators uh, a long time back. But the business is all about language services uh, for regulated industries, IP services, um, for, for patents and language and content technology. I mean, what does it all mean? Look, you know, you look at every sort of website from every multinational, they're all translated. They're all in different languages, product manuals all in different languages. Um, and yes, there are products like Google Translate, but ultimately human beings need to work alongside the software to make it sound like natural language. Um, and this is what they do. Uh, the company had had a <coughs> had had a profits warning screen in April, um, but they just come out with um, its interims and they're expecting their full year results to be in line with its latest guidance um, for revenues of 747 million um, and profit before tax of 127 million. Um, what uh, sort of caught my eye in this um, obviously is that they're holding their expectations. Um, but they'd said that they'd seen weaker demand in regulated industry, mainly due to regulatory bottlenecks and US legislation on licenses. Um, so, you know, kind of oh, an exceptional event, but but certainly um, certainly an unusual one, not a blanket one. Uh, but their SaaS um, software sales had increased, um, but their expectation for profit and also the profit margins they're expecting lower margins on that lower anticipated, a lower anticipated sales rate. Uh, this was for the interim period, um, but they are taking out quite a bit of cost, which is expected to boost their profits. Um, and I think they're looking to take uh, a positive impact from that of 10 million in the current year and 25 million in the following year. So they're taking action and the market's sort of responding favorably to that. But this is a business that's very well established, very, very good global presence is making double digit mid margins uh trading on a p of nine times at the moment falling to 8.7 times evnr 1.1 times so perhaps worth actually digging more into yeah i don't disagree with you phil um ai software cannot do it 100 percent. i know that actually because uh my middle son actually does this that's what his job is he checks all the sort of computerized translations and makes sure they're correct and Makes them correct. Um, quite enjoys it, actually. Anyway, there you go. Carry on. Yeah, there we go. Um, so not some good news. Uh, IQE. This is the you know, one of our few semiconductor companies. Compound semiconductor company based in Wales. Listed for a long, long time. Market cap's 198 million. Uh, the FD has announced he is stepping down. Um, and that uh, Neil Rummings has been in the company since April 2017 just to step up to acting CFO with immediate effect, and they're searching for a new FD. Now, this company recently raised 
31 million pounds at 20 pence. Um, uh, and it's, you know, it's most recent annual sales, they were at 9% to 168 million and a, a loss of 3.6 million versus 6.5 million, but they took a very heavy goodwill write down. Um, and they'd said that, you know, they, they've seen their trading um, slow with reduced customer forecasts and orders and associated revenue. Um, and that was, this has all been previously reported, but so they, they did that, they reported that, they raised the funds uh, and the FD is stepping down. So I hope that they can get that situation sorted because we don't have many companies like this. We certainly don't have them on listed markets, but we don't have them in the UK period. Yeah, unfortunately, IQE's had a bit of a checkered history, hasn't it? But uh, yeah. anyway, there we go. Um, say la vie, as they say. What else? Uh, well, national milk records. Oh, they're gone. Yay! They're gone, Phil. I know, I know. I was so disappointed. This is a little, little company listed on Aquis, tickers NMRP. Um, national milk records, maintain all of those records of testing on, on the cows. Hugely important for our milk supply in the UK and what they do. And it looks like uh, Associated British Foods uh, uh, is uh, making a cash offer for the business. Uh, yeah. Sad to see. That was a nice little business, that. But yeah, no, we love the cows, but I mean the Irish are going to cull half their bloody dairy cattle because of apparently when they belch or fart or something, a lot of CO2 emissions and it's bad for climate change. How bloody stupid can you get, Phil? Come on, we love Irish milk and butter and cheese. Keep your cows and don't worry about climate change. AI is far more worrying. Uh, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that. No, I like my cheese. Oh my god! Uh, look, what would Johnny Rotten say? Culling all the cows and having less butter. Don't be so bloody stupid, you Irish. Right? Keep your cows. They're not that bad. All right? Climate change. There's a lot of other things far worse than that. Don't go down this woke liberal LGBT. Oh right. We got to get out of it. Right? Get back to reality. Keep your cows. All right, well, we're starting on buses, ended on milk, and we've we'll got, got some tech in the middle. We'll call it a day. All right, Phil, I'll speak to you next week. Well, do, Andrew. Take care.